I realized that there were a lot of people out there that also feel icky about this traditional marketing practices where you promote scarcity, like, you know, two spots left, so otherwise you're going to miss out this opportunity and so on. And also fear-based marketing strategies, such as, you know, fear of missing out, fear of not being good enough. You know, when you are going to buy something, they tell you that you're horrible, basically, if you don't buy this product or service and whatsoever. And so that led me to believe that, no, there has to be a better way way for us to do marketing you know because marketing has the power to change behavior marketing is really important in society you know and instead of uh, you know perpetuating stereotypes instead of like promoting scarcity tactics or fear-based marketing strategies there is a way to use marketing for change for positive change and that's when I realized that there are people out there that uh, believe the same and so I joined this movement of impact marketing Kia ora. welcome to humans at work I'm Jules your host thanks for joining me and our latest guest and thanks for taking some time in your day to indulge your curiosity about other people and their humanness if your thirst is unquenched after this, check out humansatwork.org. Now let's begin. Hi, Claudia. Can you please tell everybody who you are, where you're sitting right now, and maybe tell us a bit about your favorite food? Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jules. Hello, everyone. I'm Claudia Guerreiro. Guerreiro means warrior in English. I'm originally from Portugal, from Lisbon, and I'm currently sitting at my home in Dresden, Germany, where I live for since a year now, and I really love it. It's a beautiful summer day, and I'm so excited to be here with you all today. My favorite food. Hmm. Well, I love so many different types of food. It's really hard to choose, but let me think. Hmm. I actually love Thai curry, like the green curry, uh, especially if it's vegan with tofu, even nicer. So yeah, vegan curry would be great now for lunch. That sounds delicious. I do like Thai curry, green Thai curry, but I don't like it super spicy. I like Oh, I love spicy. <laughs> You, oh, you like the spice. Is that from living in Asia all those years? That's right. I lived in Asia for almost 10 years. I started by living in Cambodia for two years, where I was a volunteer. And I also worked in hotels to support myself. So while I was doing these volunteer programs, and then I moved on to Singapore, where I studied my master program. And I worked in lots of different companies, including startups. And then I traveled pretty much all over all Southeast Asia. I was in Vietnam, Thailand, Cambodia once again. I was also in Malaysia, Indonesia. So it's been really a wonderful time in Southeast Asia. And I even met my husband in Southeast Asia. He is originally from Germany. I forgot to say in the beginning that I'm a conscious marketeer uh, in my introduction. I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time talking about conscious conscious marketing. I was going to yes. ask you how you ended up in Germany, but obviously the husband factor had something to play, you know, some part to play. <laughs> For sure, yes. I met him in Singapore and then during COVID times, it became really difficult to live in Asia. I'm sure you're all aware that 
throughout the world, there's been lots of restrictions, but Asia has been pretty severe on uh, everyone. Luckily, now things have gone back to normal. But during that time, we couldn't see our family, we couldn't see our friends. And so we decided to move back to Europe and we decided to move to Germany specifically instead of going to Portugal. And also we brought our rescue dog with us because we believe that we should not let animals behind. We should bring them with us, you know. And so we adopted this uh, lovely rescue dog in Singapore and he's here living with us in Germany. And what's his name? Dante. Dante. <laughs> yes. So he has an Italian name. So that is not <laughs> Portuguese or German. <laughs> and what do you like about living in Germany? Oh, so many things. I love the culture here of like going for walks and actually doing a lot of hiking. And it's really nice to be in nature. People really enjoy nature. And it doesn't matter like the weather, people are out all the time, which is a little bit different in Portugal. <laughs> we have good weather the whole year, but <laughs> we tend not to go out the whole year. Whereas here people really enjoy walks, nature, and that's something that I feel so connected with. And I live here in Dresden in an area that is just beautiful next to the river Elbe. And I just love the fact that we can go for walks every single day. So that's something that I really enjoy about living here in Germany. And so for your business, I would have thought that Germany, um, you know, there's a lot of good things going on in Germany in terms of environmental sustainability and green technology and innovation. So I would have thought that was a great place for you to be in terms of your business. Absolutely. I go very often to Berlin, where lots of startups are, and some of my clients also are based in Berlin. So it's really a very amazing environment to be part of. I'm very happy that we are living here in Germany. So can you talk to us a little bit about conscious marketing? Yes, absolutely. Well, I did not start as a conscious marketeer at the beginning of my career. I started as a traditional marketeer and I worked in lots of different startups and also in F&B and hospitality. And I figured out that it was really difficult for me to be connected with this career. <laughs> I actually thought of quitting it altogether because marketing is part of the problem. You know, we have to acknowledge this. Marketing has such a horrible impact in the world we've promoted consumerism we've promoted people not feeling good about themselves to buy something and basically all of this has led to where we are today in this massive problem when it comes to climate change and so at some point after working a while in marketing Yes, I thought of quitting my career. I thought it was not the right place for me because I felt like I wasn't doing uh, the right impact, like what I wanted to contribute to the world. But then I realized that there were a lot of people out there that also feel icky about this traditional marketing practices where you promote scarcity, like, you know, two spots left. So otherwise you're going to miss out this opportunity and so on. And also fear-based marketing strategies, such as, you know, fear of missing out, fear of not being good enough. You know, when you are going to buy something, they tell you that you're horrible, basically, if you don't buy this product or service and whatsoever. And so that led me to believe that, no, there has to be a better way 
for us to do marketing, you know, because marketing has the power to change behavior. Marketing is really important in society, you know, and instead of, uh, you know, perpetuating stereotypes, instead of like promoting scarcity tactics or fear-based marketing strategies, there is a way to use marketing for change, for positive change. And that's when I realized that there are people out there that uh, believe the same. And so I joined this movement of impact marketing. And so I read more about conscious marketing. I read this book called... Um, Conscious Marketing by Caroline Tate. So she's basically one of my idols. And uh, and after reading this book, I felt like, no, actually marketing is going to be the career for me. I'm just going to do it differently. I'm not going to do it like everybody else, you know, that they just, just want to grow at the massive pace and just want to sell as much as possible and so on. No, I want to make an impact in someone's life. And also I want to make an impact in the planet in people and basically profit just comes right at the end so yes conscious marketing is all about building a community of people that you know believe in your product and service because it's making a positive change in planet people and basically profit it's so inspiring i mean i have been following you for a while and your tips and tricks uh on how to just it's almost to rethink how you've been brought up, you know, how you've learned your career, how you've been a, a, a consumer of marketing. And what I found is a lot of your um, your newsletter and your advice and your posts on LinkedIn are kind of about unwinding some of those automatic approaches. So that point about scarcity, you know, there's only five of these left and you'll miss out if you don't buy now. Um, that was one of the first um, pieces of advice from you that actually, I mean, I've never been a huge salesperson anyway. That's probably why my businesses aren't that big. You know, <laughs> I much prefer to have a relationship than to do a hard sell. But that was one of the first pieces of advice where I thought, oh, I just need to rethink some of the things that I've been a, a victim of, if you like, and to see that to see them for what they are, you know, that they're not the only way. It's not mm -hmm. the way to be. It's not the only way to be a successful business. It's not the only way to have an impact. And that's one of the things that I think people find so refreshing about your advice and your postings. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. I feel really happy to hear that, you know, that I'm slowly changing like people through, you know, my posts on LinkedIn and my online presence. That makes me really, really happy. And there is a better way for us to promote ourselves that does not involve these strategies. But, you know, we are all victims of this because, you know, if we learn marketing through other people advice online or even in university and so on this is how basically marketing is taught it's still very traditional very consumer driven like people have to buy and so on and so it does not bring this like authenticity transparency and also like thinking about others as a community approach and I'm so happy that people are starting to see that this is really important and this can change the world step by step and storytelling can also drive sales you know we don't need to use these tactics to drive sales you know and the right people will come to you maybe with more 
more time, especially if we do organic marketing, which I'm a really big fan of. I prefer organic marketing to advertisement and so on, because I believe that if a product cannot uh, reach any sales organically, what's the point of advertising it anyway? You know, it means that there's no market for it, you know? So for me, it's very important to start organically and, you know, things will come to you that are meant for you uh, as long as you stick to your values, your principles and your mission in this world. So I think that's very important. And I think we also need to rethink the definition of success. So people think of success of this like massive company. So everybody has to be Google or, you know, Microsoft or whatsoever, you know, and it doesn't need to be like that. And we are seeing that a lot of people are now, um, you know, even leaving these big companies and starting their own thing because they want to have a better impact and because they don't want to be part of this big companies, big corporations that in fact are not really creating a good impact to everyone. So I, I feel that we are in a very, very exciting moment, you know, that people are believing that there's another way, there's an alternative way of having a business. So more social focused, almost like social entrepreneurship and going towards more B Corps, you know, like people want to act as if they are a B Corp, even if they don't, um, you know, even if they are not certified, uh, they want to run their small business as if they are a big corp. Absolutely. That completely resonates. And I think that's you telling the story of my journey. You know, I, <laughs> I set up my own um, businesses. I've got the humans at work business and then I have my consulting business. And for, for two different reasons and with two different drivers, but actually the outcome that I wanted is the same, which is to have a positive impact and I found that the only way I could truly do that was to be independent, you know, where you have you worked out what your value proposition is and what your ethics are. And there's nobody to tell you that that's not the right thing to do. The, that was the driving force behind me setting up my my two companies. And actually, you're talking about organic marketing and wanting to do something because you want to create that community is exactly what humans at work is designed to do you know it's designed to get out there in the world and show people that there are more ethical nicer ways of leading there are better ways of making decisions that are long-term and sustainable and you know help people and you can do that by working with each other you can learn from other people by talking to each other and interacting socially and uh, I've you know, fought against the big marketing budgets and the big advertising budgets. And instead, I decided that a way to spread that word and to have that impact was actually to talk to people and to get them to tell me their stories, which is what the podcast is about. Partly, it's me being super curious about people. You know, I love to hear about people's stories and what they were like when they were younger and why they chose this career. But also, it's about making those connections with people and even if I you know I don't have a lot in common with somebody through every podcast I find something that connects us something that keeps the conversation going and then you end up with a network of people who are all trying to do good in their different ways in their different countries or in their different industries and you feel like you're not alone which is so important. absolutely 
Absolutely. You're a conscious marketing advocate. I love it, you know, and just the fact that you're creating this podcast shows me that you're already applying also one of the principles. So from competition to collaboration. So these days we need to collaborate. If we want to create an impact, we can't be alone. You know, we need to hear other stories. We need to support each other. And I'm such a believer of collaboration and I love the whole purpose of your podcast. I deeply resonate with it. And I'm so glad that you're creating this because you're raising awareness to all sorts of different topics on ethical leadership and that it's so much needed and for sure you know uh, having a small business is also a way of life we don't all need to have big crazy businesses you know and I love that you were brave enough to create this path for yourself because entrepreneurship is not for everyone you know of course we talk about the good sides of it here but there's also a lot of difficult parts of being an entrepreneur you know especially if you're a solopreneur you might feel more lonely you know you might not have anyone to collaborate with uh, in terms of work full-time you know and I think that it's important also to put it out there that it's not just a walk in the park and entrepreneurship is also very hard and requires a lot of time and requires a lot of change you know which I, I love you know because I, I love changing so I, I I was saying that I lived in uh, in Asia but I was also in France I was also in the UK and now I'm here in Germany I'm from Portugal and so on so, and I traveled a bit all over the world I'm really really fortunate to have had that chance to meet so many different cultures and also that made me so aware as well of the impacts of climate change in different places like in Cambodia I faced this like horrible flood one day that my motorbike just stopped working because the flood was that high you know and so all of those things you know really changed me and made me made me the person that I am today and I feel that us social entrepreneurs there's not really a difference between our work and personal life we are kind of one and you know we are we are ourselves while we are doing this business and I think that's also very meaningful because the traditional thinking is that you know you are one person when you are at work you're one person when you are at home and for me this is all mixed you know because I am the same person with my friends and I'm, I'm the same person in my business you know I love like helping others genuinely and uh, the more the, actually the less it feels like marketing the more it's you right like it's just being you yourself and you don't need to use this like traditional things that we've learned that how we should market ourselves and whatsoever. And in fact, when you're just being yourself, the right people just come to you naturally without you having to use all those traditional icky marketing tactics. What do you think? I completely agree. And actually, I was thinking about when you say, you know, it used to be that you were one person at home and then you were another person at work. You had your professional facade that you put on. Um, and when you are, a, you know, an impact entrepreneur or a solopreneur, you, you're just yourself. And there's a lot of freedom that comes with that. You know, you make the decisions about what you do. Um, you can hold true to your values. But also you're very naked because who you are is actually what people are, you know, they're engaging with. There's no artificial organization around you that you can hide behind. And I think some people find that scary before they've gotten into it. It's scary once you're into it, but it's nowhere near as bad once you're in into it and doing it as the fear of what it will be like. But it can be 
scary, can take a lot of moral courage, you know, for you to say, actually, I'm going to shadow all of those different ways of doing things and I'm going to forge a new path. Just me, I'm standing up for what I believe in. Will anybody want to talk to me? Will anybody want my services? I'm sure you must have had, you know, those similar sort of thoughts where you don't actually know. The trade-off for that, that fear is that when people do want to talk to you and they do want your services and they do value, they're actually valuing your authentic self, that skin. So you get that much greater reward at the end of it because they're seeing you, they're seeing the real you. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Sorry, sorry please keep no, going. No. Um, I was just going to ask, so your company, you do consulting, you have individual clients, you know, tell us a little bit about how it works. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to go a little bit back of some things that you just mentioned because they were so inspiring. So you're just saying that, you know, about personal brand, putting yourself out there and so on. So, you know, I've started in 2022 with just 1000 followers on LinkedIn. I had lots of posts with zero likes, lots of posts with zero comments. You know, it's not that we start off from high <laughs> points, you know, like and throughout time, I've grown to 15,000, over 15,000 followers. Today is July, already 2023. Yes, it did take time. Yes, it's not like I'm a mega, mega influencer uh, or something like that. But that doesn't matter for me because my definition of success is different, you know? And so I think it's very important for us to think about like, you know, we don't need to only start something when we believe that we are more successful according to society standards, you know, we can just come as we are today, you know, and share our authentic story, share what we believe in, you know, share what we are doing, you know, and it, it, it can be that you have 100 followers, 1,000, 10,000, it doesn't matter, you know, you have to start somewhere and you just need to put yourself out there, especially as, as if you are an entrepreneur, social media presence is very important, you know, you don't need to show all parts of your life, of course, I'm not saying that you need to, <laughs> to show yourself having a shower or whatsoever, you know, you can just show what, what you want and what you believe uh, that you would like to show authentically to uh, your community. And sometimes that can be wins, you know, something really cool happened, like being invited to this amazing podcast or, you know, some, some low times, you know, because entrepreneurship is all about ups and downs. And so coming back to what I do, so conscious marketing, I uh, help purpose-driven entrepreneurs, especially women entrepreneurs, uh, because I believe that so many women are out there, but they don't have the funds to create a company. So conscious marketing can help them, can give them like to kickstart their business in a meaningful manner without needing all of these crazy budgets for marketing purposes, you know? And so, yes, I help purpose-driven entrepreneurs transform their digital presence from chaos to clarity. So what, what's that all about? So a lot of uh, purpose-driven entrepreneurs, especially in early stage, they start with online presence in every single channel. So they've now all gone to threads, to TikTok, to you know, LinkedIn, to Twitter, you know, and they've spread themselves across very thin, you know, because there's just too much to do. And social media, it is a full-time job. Even just one platform can be a full-time job. And also then having their website having their blog having their email list you know they just do all they just do it all 
And so that's chaos, you know? We have to think like, where does our community uh, really interact, engage, and you know, where they could be potentially, and then focus on that platform, just one platform to start with, you know? And that's more than enough. So basically I help people <laughs> working less, you know, <laughs> in some way, you know, and more working more meaningfully to promote themselves. I help people a lot with their personal brand, you know, like if they need help to put themselves authentically out there, because sometimes you just need a little push, you know, and just need like to be uh, brought to the right direction. I try that my clients don't become overly dependent on me. So what I try is to give them the tools to succeed on their own so I have lots of different workshops some on content marketing some on personal branding you know and these workshops help people to kickstart you know to understand better like how conscious marketing can be applied to content marketing and how conscious marketing can be applied to personal brand and then a lot of them just continue on their own and that's when I feel the most happy you know when I really help people to have the tools to continue on their own and then they just come to me like really happy for everything that uh, I've uh, uh, helped them with and you know and they are going through a very positive path now and so having that clarity is very important and so what I want basically is to create a conscious marketing movement I want a lot of people to uh, change their marketing practices that become impactful meaningful sustainable you know accessible you know because we way overcomplicate marketing and also fun because I think a lot of marketeers are burned out I've experienced that myself you know when I was working and burnout is really really horrible um, you know, and you need to take a lot of time off. I did take a lot of time because I really need to reset. Uh, and, you know, we are, we marketeers don't have uh, amazing careers, I would say. I think a lot of people are really, really like at the edge, you know, because they are constantly pressurized to make more sales and drive sales in general. And so, and then when those sales happen, there there isn't even a reflection on how we got there it's just magically some people just think that this had nothing to do with marketing at the end of the day so yes I believe that marketing needs to be impactful sustainable accessible um you know and basically fun you know it's so important to have all of this together and so with my practice with my work I'm not only like helping this purpose-driven entrepreneurs, but also bringing that awareness online. And I really hope to, you know, create a community of people that have the, the same ideas and that we join together this journey. And that's why I've created also the Conscious Marketing Insights newsletter. And I feature their amazing people that have the same beliefs because again, collaboration is so important and learning from others is so important instead of thinking that, there's only one way, your way. No, not at all. You know, I know there are many ethical marketeers out there that are doing great things and they do deserve the exposure because I think that there's a lot of like exposure for those traditional marketeers that use all of those nasty tactics, but then there's not so much exposure for people like me, you know? And so I'm changing that by highlighting that there are more people also out there that just think like me or very similar and have the same ethical principles. So I hope that answers your question. That was quite a long answer, but yeah, I'm so passionate about this. I could just spend the whole day <laughs> talking about this. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was fascinating. Um, I've got a couple of things I want to delve into 
first, I just want to acknowledge that I too have had a burnout episode. Um, and I, I'm really with you, you know, it is something that is not like every day. Uh, it's not like everyday tiredness or, you know, you're annoyed about something at work or whatever. It is a fundamental change in your energy levels, your resilience, your hope, your optimism. Um, and I know for me, I ended up having almost three months where I was going through the motions of life, um, but I didn't really feel anything uh, in those three months. And that was the first time in my life that it ever happened. And it scared me, you know. Um, and so I I kind of clawed my way back. Um, and during that time, I've, I've um, told this story a couple of times Um uh, when people have asked but during that time that's when I went for a walk on the beach because that was one of my sort of therapies if you like and I had the idea for humans at work um, and it was kind of like the first thing that had interested me for a long time and so I decided just to do it because if I cared enough that even in a burnout situation I thought about it it gave me a bit of excitement it made me feel something again that it was worth doing so for anybody out there and for you I absolutely acknowledge that it's a really really tough thing to go through the other thing I was gonna sort of just dive into a little bit more is you talked about helping people to particularly women to turn their ideas into something and you know not going all out do you find that when you talk to people and you ask them the kinds of questions that you would need to know in order to help them with their marketing strategy that they're able to articulate the real value you know the passion behind the project if you like and that is that depth of relationship that you can get if you ask those questions, you delve in a little bit more, you actually go under the surface and you you see the person and you see what's driving them and what it is about the, the idea or their life that is pushing them in that direction. Absolutely. And so, I mean, let's say two types of people. There are some people that come to me that have a very specific like mission. They just don't know how to articulate that online. But there are some people that have some sort of idea, but need a little bit of help to brainstorm what could be the right direction or not. So, you know, I, and I help both, you know, because it's also possible to help to validate the idea and the market with marketing, you know, uh, and it's also possible to, you know, with the power of storytelling, bring that idea to the world. World. So I help both sides. And I think that's very meaningful as well. Uh, I just wanted to answer the, the burnout as well. Like, thank you so much, you know, for sharing your, your story. I think that was really meaningful. And I'm so happy to, you know, be part of your life in some way, like sharing this is very important. And uh, it's beautiful that you came up with the idea at the beach, you know, so yeah, totally. The best ideas that I have also come when I'm not at work, <laughs> although your podcast is called Humans at Work. <laughs> But uh, a lot of my great ideas come when I'm just going for a walk or just doing something else. Uh, recently, I've started also doing adult coloring books. I just have one uh, behind me, you know, uh, because it helps me so much with my racing thoughts. You know, when you are a solopreneur, sometimes you have lots of ideas, racing thoughts and things like that, because I I'm very like driven. And a lot of times I have to stop myself and a lot of my clients are very similar uh, and just like, okay, I, I did enough for today, you know, even though that I love what I'm doing, I just need to say, 
it's good enough today. I, I'm done for the day. I need to go and enjoy myself. And sometimes I still have a hard time to do this, but I need to keep reminding myself there's like more to work besides, there's more to life, sorry, besides uh, uh, work. And that's very important, especially uh, I realized that a lot of the women entrepreneurs that I've worked with are very perfectionists. You know, we are afraid to put ourselves out there unless it's perfect. And I tell them all to, to them all, to my clients, like, my dear, it's not possible to be perfect. Uh, let's just run with this. Let's just test, you know, and just having that strength of someone just saying this, like, let's continue. Let's keep going. Let's not like be stuck in this. I think it's very important. And that's something I need to remind myself, especially at the early stages when I started sharing more my story online. So when I just had about 1000 followers, I also ha I had this pressure, you know, that I had to perform online and I had to be perfect and my pictures had to be amazing and I had to have the best graphics or whatsoever and now you know after uh one year and a half almost two years of working for myself which was also a choice that I did consciously because I really felt that it was the right time you know sometimes you just have this call within you I think that's very important to acknowledge that we don't need to be perfect online. In fact, I think a lot of uh, the trends now have shown us that people are connecting with authenticity and real authenticity, not just, you know, fake positivity or, you know, this kind of stuff. That's also not what I'm promoting here, you know, because there's also like toxic positivity and, you know, that's also not where uh, I want us to go. I want us to be real. And if things are not right, we should also acknowledge. And I love the idea of like impact failings because, you know, again, we can, we, we try to do our best. Maybe we did a campaign that we thought was really good you know was going to have a good impact but at the end I had a backlash you know and that's the impact failing you know and it happens you know nobody is perfect you know even Patagonia is definitely not perfect you know uh, and we are all taking as much step as as possible to do meaningful change and that's how we can contribute you know we cannot contribute with perfection but we can contribute with step-by-step -step meaningful changes you're so right. You know, I think it is a curiously female trait, actually, to think that everything has to be perfect. And I know there's been a lot of studies um, about people applying for jobs, uh, you know, and the sort of the soundbite is, you know, a man will look at the requirements in a job advert and say, oh, I've got most of those. I might as well apply. And a woman will look at them and say, I've got all of them except one. So I won't apply. Mm -hmm. And exactly. that, you know, that is how we've been brought up, really. That's all of the, you know, societal um, biases and, you know, what we've seen, what we've experienced. And so being conscious of that is so important. And you've touched on, you know, how to quiet your mind. I was going to ask you if you have any tips for people who are active on, you know, on things like LinkedIn, who have a social media presence. I know myself, you know, I, I work hard at learning from others a lot of LinkedIn reading and you know listening to other people's podcasts and reading other people's articles and what I find quite often is with myself I have to be really disciplined not to go on looking at other people's work and posting and commenting um, because I'm into the moment, you know, but once you get into that, there's no nine to five, there's no end of that, you know, you're in a movement, you're learning from others, there's a, you know, you get a dopamine hit when you see an idea that you connect with, 
um, and then you find that you haven't had any sleep because actually you've been kind of devouring all this knowledge and feeling part of this community and having this online presence. So uh, apart from adult coloring, which, you know, I have an adult coloring book myself, I have to say, uh, <laughs> so, uh, what other tips um, would you give to people who are finding a little bit difficult to know when's it okay actually just to stop and live your life? Absolutely. Thank you so much for this question. Jules is a really meaningful question. Um, so I, I think that first I wanted to address, like, I think we think only successful people woke, wake up like at 5 a.m. You know, we have this trend to think like we all have to be early risers and so on, you know, and there's no other way to be successful. Here's the 10 secrets of being successful and you have to wake up at five, start your work at six and then finish at 4 p.m. whatsoever. And I think this is so outdated, this uh, advice is out there because again, when you are an entrepreneur, you have to go with your flow of energy. When it comes to women, particularly, we have this 28 day cycle for those who still have the cycle. Uh, for those who do not have a cycle anymore, they have a different you know, type of energy as well. So, you know, we you don't need to all wake up really early and finish really at 5 p.m. all the time. I think we should work when we are the most productive in general, you know? And for me personally, that means waking up around 7.30 and instead of starting to work, I go for a walk with my dog along the river. I start my days really slowly and consciously. And then after this walk, I have breakfast uh, calmly again, not uh, in, if possible, I don't look at my phone until then. And then I do my adult coloring, you know, and then finally around 10, I start my day, you know, and I think that's, that's really nice. And then I tend to finish around 7 p.m. But I don't like to have a, this fixed structured all structure all the time. If I need to start earlier one day, I also start earlier. If I need to finish later one day, because I have some clients, for example, in Asia, in the US, you know, and due to the different time zones, sometimes I need to adjust a little bit. So I also adjust my lifestyle depending on it, you know, and, and it might be that I have a morning free and, you know, I do whatever I feel like doing that day or an afternoon free, you know, and that's fine. You know, it's very good to have the idea that also we don't need to work Monday to Friday. Sometimes I do work on a Saturday and I take a Wednesday off, you know? And so being a, an entrepreneur also gives you that flexibility, but because we have this mindset that, you know, we have to work Monday to Friday, we have to work nine to five, you know? And we feel like we are not being successful if we're staying at 9 p.m. working, but in fact, if we started later, what the problem right but it's just all about mindsets and shifting these mindsets into a more fluid uh lifestyle and i instead of work life uh balance i believe in work life integration which is the, this kind of concept of working when you are in your flow or when you feel that it's right you know and that sometimes changes sometimes you know, I'm on, I'm on my period and I just feel unwell and I don't feel like working. So perhaps I will cancel my calls on this day and people will understand if I'm not feeling well and so on. You just need to be transparent and uh, acknowledge, you know, of course, uh, you know, you, you try your best within your capabilities to not disappoint uh, others. But, you know, as long as there's open communication, I think that's that's very important. So other tips to improve like, work i have a notion um, i'm not affiliated with notion but i love notion i'm a big notion girl 
and I put all my content ideas there, you know, and I try not to act on them for a couple of days. So sometimes I have this like rushing ideas and lots of ideas come and I just have like 10 posts suddenly lined up, but I just put it all on Notion, let it sit for a day or two. And then I come back to them again, because uh, sometimes those ideas don't make sense anymore. <laughs> but at least I like save a lot of ideas, save a lot of posts and use it uh, Notion a lot for these uh, learnings, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I try also not to put so much pressure on myself to overlearn. I feel like, uh, you know, there's so much content out there and amazing things out there, but there's there's also so much time in our day, you know, <laughs> that we can use for our work, for learning and so on. So I try to have like some days, for example, Fridays a little bit more like uh, easygoing. So perhaps I might listen to podcasts or look for more ideas on this day. So I try to have specific days that are more productive. Let's say Monday, for example, is no calls day, you know, and then Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday calls day, you know, and, and consultation days. And then Friday, a bit more easygoing, more like chit chat uh, calls and uh, basically networking and things like that. And so, yeah, I try to organize my week in a way that feels sustainable, you know, although maybe let's say that I'm missing some opportunities here and there, but joy of missing out, you know, like we have to uh, be like, have space, have mental space, because otherwise it's just going to be impossible. You can't possibly do everything, you know? And I think that's <laughs> something that we have to acknowledge because people don't talk enough about this, about the pressure of having to learn more, 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 and more. And for me as well, I love learning. <laughs> if I could just spend the whole week learning what others are doing and, uh, you know, reading others' content, I would, but of course I also need to work and, uh, and earn money. And I think it's okay to to have this joy of missing out you know not being part of everything you are part of the things that you can you know and that's that's enough let's say I think I will definitely um, take from you that idea of not jumping on the first on the idea straight away because I am a you know an ideas factory you know when I'm having a shower when I'm just about to fall asleep when I'm walking when I'm doing the kids breakfast or whatever it's like ping 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 mm -hmm. um and I'm I'm very action focused you know oh I've had this idea I'm going to put it into into practice straight away um I don't use notion but I do have a remarkable uh, electronic notebook which has revolutionized my life and my paper use obviously um, over the last two years and so it's full of what about this and what about that and you're right sometimes you go back and you look at it later and you think oh no that was never gonna work <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking at that time <laughs> yeah other... it's important to give some time right <laughs> yeah that's right the other thing I was going to say is I really like the fact that you uh acknowledge the the cycle that women have I was listening to a podcast um last week um which was about um hormones and there was a um a doctor who's originally from the UK and now lives in New Zealand and she was was taking the audience through you know what happens hormonally for women who um who are still menstruating and you know the times of the month where they're going to feel really really good their brain's going to be super super charged 
And then other times of the month where, no, that is not going to be, you know, where you are. And it's nothing that you can really help. Like you can push through, you can grind through, but maybe also you could just say, actually, for the next couple of days, I'm just going to do the easy things, the administrative year of my life. I'm not going to try and push myself through all of those things. Um, it's a topic close to my heart because um, I'm in the middle of perimenopause and um, I didn't really know it was a thing until I started to feel weird. You know, I started to have mini rage episodes in my mind. I never, you know, let them loose, but I was kind of surprised at, at the feelings and I would forget words. So I'd be talking to a client or facilitating a big leadership session uh, and I'd have a word in my mind that was the crucial word for that concept and I'd forget it uh, and then mm. like, oh my goodness you know I'm going to look like a complete idiot in front of people um, and I'm fairly young you know not that young um, but you know fairly young and I was like you know, I'm not having hot flushes, you know, I don't think I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm not a menopausal woman, whatever that is. Um, and so I started doing some more research and I found all of these things that you can have in perimenopause and the fact that it can start for 10 years, uh, 10 years Whoa. early before you even get into your menopause. And it can really, um, it can really take women's productivity away from them. Uh, you know, a lot of people have it much worse than me. They can't function. They can't work um, because of all of the symptoms. And so I've been on a bit of a voyage of discovery at the same time as it's become a bit of a global movement to say, hang on a minute, you know, half the population in the world will have these kind of symptoms at the time yes. when they're most productive, they're most impactful, they're, you know, looking after children, they're running businesses, they're running countries, um, you know, but there's hardly been any um, investment in medical research or in, you know, in therapies, there's no language for it, there's no vocabulary for it, nobody really knows about it. Um, so there's been this this big global movement. And I'm lucky because I was kind of going through my own voyage of discovery at the same time as there was this big global movement. And so the information was out there um, and doctors are more able now to help you through it and prescribe therapies and what have you. And I don't forget words every day now, um, only, you know, every other day. Um, but I do think <laughs> it's really important to acknowledge it and to to say to people, actually, at any point, you can be going through a whole lot of stuff. It affects your brain. It affects your energy levels and it affects your mood. It's not because you are, you know, uncontrollable. It's because your body is dictating what's happening at a, you know, it's a force that's greater than you, if you like, in terms of your will. Um, so just be a bit kinder to yourself and maximize yes. your maximize your times when you're super, super fiery and energetic and then rest in your times when you're not. Absolutely. It's so important. I'm so glad that you're bringing this up as well, because it is important for women entrepreneurs, women professionals out there to know this, you know, that it, there is another way and that the nine to five kind of day has been very based on uh, men's hormones on the testosterone level. So, you know, and there has to be a different way of working. And that's why I believe that Spain now has even like leave for uh 
period leave, if I'm not uh, mistaken, for those that have really bad cramps and so on. I think, you know, uh, some people are saying that, no, maybe this is wrong, this is not right. And then it's making it like it's sickness and so on. But I don't think so. I think it's important for the men to know that they are at home, that these people, these women are at home because, you know, they are on their period instead of being sick, because it's not right to call this a sickness. It's not a sickness, you know, it's a part of our lives, you know, that we have to live with potentially since we are 12, 13, or some women even earlier. So why not acknowledging it? I think, yeah, thank you so much for bringing this up. It's another example, I think, of this movement that I think you and I are both part of, which is, you know, trying to recognize nature and to interact with nature in more of a partnership. And so if you think about hormones and how your body works, you know, a lot that's that's all natural. We've in we intervene in it. Um and and that's fine. You know, I'm all for kind of choice. Um, but uh it's not a sickness. It's actually what keeps our bodies going and what keeps humanity going and you know, all of those good things. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, um I know that uh, people are starting to see the value in looking at nature and seeing how does biodiversity happen? How do ecosystems happen? How do you have balance? Um, and it's it's part of that same movement. You know, it's putting humans into that same dialogue and saying, well, you know, there are some things that absolutely we don't want to experience if we don't have to, you know, pain. I'm mm -hmm. all, not, you know, not feeling pain or whatever. Um, but we shouldn't be punished for things that are naturally part of what's happening with our bodies, just as we shouldn't punish the, the natural world for things that have you know that are actually regenerative um and yes that biodiversity and that's and that ecosystem absolutely you know what you just made me think also about like entrepreneurship and pregnancy you know a lot of women start uh having businesses between 30 and 40 more or less which is also there are some studies out there unfortunately i can't quote one right now but i know that i've read a couple of studies that say that yeah women's women are opening businesses at the same time that they are also potentially having their first or second child you know and it is not easy to be an entrepreneur and having a family you know it's difficult for everyone but there's a, a a bigger weight on women due to you know all of nature uh parts that you know that it is what it is right and and so yeah so some of my clients also have uh, a family so my uh, women entrepreneur clients have a family and they have a business and we have these conversations on a regular basis that you know for example she has to cancel a meeting because something happens with her baby and so on and we just have to be kind to one another because I think some people just feel like we have to be perfect as mothers, as entrepreneurs. So, you know, we go back to that perfection, that perfectionism conversation. And uh, I, I hope that at least the next generation has a better, like, uh, start, head start on this, you know, that we will, we as parents, as aunts, as one day grandmothers, grandfathers, whatever, you know, uh, will be better for, you know, the next generation. Because I, I think it's still very hard for our generation to be, uh, you know, to be pregnant, to have children and, you know, uh, be an entrepreneur or even a professional, you know, because there aren't that many alternatives besides just working part time, you know, which is a lot of a lot of what uh, like new mothers do, you know, they just end up working part time because there's no other option, you know. 
Uh, and a lot of times it's also not an option for the husband to stay at home because the husband might be the one that brings more income to the family and so on because of the global how the global situation or how society is set up right so and they they, they might want as well to be a stay-at-home father and so on but there isn't that possibility and so yes i really hope for meaningful changes in the entrepreneurship world and even in the professional world and all of this is part of at the end conscious marketing why because marketing perpetuates stereotypes you know the way that we sell things like cleaning products are associated with women you know cars are associated with men and things like that are just promoting stereotypes endlessly you know and so that's why i believe in a better way of doing marketing that instead of just doing things as they are and perpetuating things we are rocking the boat, you know, we are doing things differently. And why not the man being associated with cleaning products? Why not the woman driving a car whatsoever, you know? And these are just like, of course, very standard, typical uh, examples. I'm sure there's a lot more out there. And also ways that we could include other communities, you know, like the LGBT community and so on, you know, uh, uh, different ethnicities and not just white people and so on. So all of this is so, so needed. And I feel like we are like just in this moment where things are slowly changing for better. And I really am hopeful for a future potentially for our children and, you know, whoever comes next. I know that there's a lot of like, uh, you know, fear associated with climate change and so on. And maybe there won't be humanity after all, but I believe I really, I'm really hopeful that we, there will be a change and that businesses will have a big part, like uh, a big role in that change, not just governments, not just NGOs. I really believe that the collaboration between the three will be essential for, for a better world. I, I completely agree. And I love your optimism. Uh, you know, I, I like to always have hope um, because I feel like it gives you power to act and power to think. Whereas when you're feeling hopeless, you end up yes. you know, having no no route out of it, really. Um, and I know we're nearly out of time. I just wanted to ask, how do you stay so optimistic and so hopeful um, about change? Ah, <laughs> that's a big question. Let me think. I mean, I've been brought up within change, I think. I've always love exploring different cultures. I traveled a lot with my family. My grandparents also lived in Asia. You know, I I, I felt like change has been part of my life since the, the beginning somehow. And so that's, I guess, what makes me more comfortable with change than the, let's call it average uh, person. But, you know, I think it's a lot about mindset and believing that uh, things will work out in some way, you know, and following a lot our intuition. I think our intuition tells us much more than we think, you know, we just don't listen to it, you know, and that's the advice that I would give to my younger self. Listen to your intuition more. You are right about this. You are right about that, you know. <laughs> so yes, listening to your intuition is uh, very, very important. And, you know, just trying different experiences because we tend to live in this comfort zone all the time. And so I think it's important uh, for those 
who you know don't like change or no don't like so many different things let's say to just try something different at least once a month whether it's like trying a new food you know a restaurant that you've never heard of the food let's say you know um you know you go to tunisian food because you feel like okay a change or you know you go um ride the bicycle even though that you never rode the bicycle just try to do something different at least every month and i think that uh, allows us to be comfortable with change more and more and it can be that you know there's an amazing networking event but you're like oh my god i don't know if i have the capability to put myself out there because i'm alone and whatsoever and so i'm not sure so just go because this i'm not sure is like <laughs> pushing you to say no you have to do it <laughs> and so yeah so i i also lived in lots of different places and that helped me a lot because I was alone and when you are alone in a new place where you don't know anybody you have to push yourself to do things and socialize you know because we are social beings you know and we are not meant to to be alone so you know sometimes just you have to push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone at least in a regular basis just to be more comfortable with change. Well, I mean, I have learned so much today and I think I'm going to go back over my marketing strategy and just make sure that <laughs> I am truly listening to everything you said. I know that you've probably got some colouring to do because we've interrupted your morning routine, but I just want to say thank you so much. I know we've been talking thank about you. this for a while and I, it's it's cheered me up. Uh, it's made me more optimistic and it's given everybody a whole lot of things to listen to, listen and be inspired by. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jules. Thank you for this invitation. I'm really, really so happy that I had this chance. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks, as always, to the generosity of our delightful guests. The stories of how others have faced up to their challenges can help give all of us courage to keep going with our own. For more great episodes, blogs, learning packages, go to the humansatwork.org website.